everybody, and welcome to episode 70 of the F1 show for coverage of the 2010 Spanish Grand Prix. I'm Jim Lau. And I'm Robin Warner. We have a show packed with amazingness today. We're going to talk about uh, Ferrari's engine updates and the other uh, other team's updates and uh, Michael Bolton. Before we even get started on the race, we went to Coney Island, which is so Spanish. And then we're going to talk about qualifying the race and then go on to talk about People that did well in the race, people did not so well, and of course, we never forget your feedback, your predictions, and our fabulous trivia. Please stay tuned. <laughs> Happily, there hasn't been too much drama or anything crazy going on like that. However, um, one thing that did come through the pipeline was that Ferrari was given permission to change their engine yeah they were able to do an update to improve reliability uh which is and then obviously they were they implemented that this weekend which sort of behind the scenes tells me that i wonder if you know if obviously ferrari had worked out those engine updates in the background and just kind of waited for them to be approved and it kind of makes me wonder how many updates other teams are working on like does cosworth have like hey if we're allowed to do an update this is what we'll do like you know do other teams sort of get right. ones ready and, right. and do that and how much of this work you know that goes on that, that we don't see um, it's just kind of interesting, but, um, yeah, so we, uh, you know, hopefully no more, uh, catastrophic Ferrari engine failures for at least a little while. Um, and, and I mean, pretty much all the teams are talking about bringing a lot of some new updates, not so much engines, but, uh, you know, aerodynamic upgrades, suspension, um, you know, different wheelbases on the cars and all that. So yeah. this, because it's the start of the European series, uh, they're not all these crazy flyaways. There was a big break between, uh, you know, last race and this. So just, a lot of updates from all the different cars, especially some of the back markers, really hoping to move ahead and you know make some good changes. Uh, but still, no um, uh, no F duct for Red Bull yet. Um, supposedly that's going to come later in the season, but uh, you know they they've obviously done pretty well without it. So uh, you know it doesn't seem like it's a crucial thing. But um, you know other teams playing around with uh, with F ducts. Um, Mercedes has a whole new air intake arrangement that. Uh, kind of weird looking but um you know maybe you should cut down on some drag and still get the airflow they needed in the engine so we'll have to see how they how they get on with that but mercedes has a lot of new things coming up yeah uh a lot of things that are really geared towards making uh mr michael schumacher a happier guy yeah and uh perhaps perhaps um at the expense of making rossberg a happier guy but, yeah uh we'll, we we'll, we'll talk about that just a little bit more later on indeed um, also, obviously, at the after the end of uh, the Chinese Grand Prix, there was a whole business with the uh, Icelandic uh, volcano ash cloud messing up travel, and they had you know it was kind of interesting watching all the different teams and the you know media and people working their way back from China somewhere yes. you know stopping off in different places around the world to try to get back to to England or back to Europe. Jim and I nicknamed it Michael Bolton. <laughs> That's a no talent ass clown, <laughs> ash cloud. Oh, did I say that? No. Okay, and uh, so. Uh, it's actually, you know, that's that's all been worked out. Although apparently the um, the I, the volcano is going again; it's erupting some more. And uh, Barcelona Airport was closed for a while, so a lot of teams are looking to have to go straight to Monaco uh, from from Spain. So yeah. it's it's still rearing its ugly head. But uh, you know, seeing all the chaos that that's committing, the cost, and you know, all the delays and everything like that, I just can't help but think what what a great place to get married. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. Should we move on? Let's move on. Okay. Yes, and of course, this race was out of Barcelona, Spain, Spanish Grand Prix. So, of course, we had a, a, a hero omelet from Coney Island, and it was very good, um, or as I like to call it, tapas. 
<laughs> and uh, it was it was very yummy. It's early. Yeah. It's so early. we you know we woke up early to do this race live. It's it's Mother's Day out there. So happy happy Mother's Day to any yes. of, uh, you know mothers in our, our audience. But and to our European fans, happy. I guess May not day? a holiday Spring, for them. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had grand plans of going to tapas, uh, and, and having some tasty Spanish food in the flair of the race. However, um, being, we had to eat at like six something this morning. Um, you know, we, uh, we got breakfast, so there you have it. But we did eat with a Spanish accent. So I think that, you know, that's pretty much the that's, same that's thing. really what counts. That's what, that's more important. So McLaren looked really strong in Friday practice, in, in the morning at least. Um, actually, Lewis Hamilton on top and Jensen Button, um, you know, just best of the of the Friday runners. Um, but with Michael Schumacher right behind him, so it seems like the reworked car is really starting to shoot, suit Schumacher's style, um, possibly even at the expense of, of Rosberg and his abilities. Very true, but that did not last into the afternoon as it was Sebastian Vettel on top with a 19-9 and he was followed by his teammate Mark Webber, but again, it was Michael Schumacher in third. Yeah, so it's um, you know maybe starting to see some results out of Schumacher and, and you know getting himself going a little bit. So that's good. Yes, but at the end of the day, it is looking that once again Red Bull is going to continue to be extremely strong here. Their speed is pretty much unmatched here. Yeah, and they really just they don't have the F duct. They don't have any really crazy bits on the car. Well, they don't have the F duct yet. Right. Still but, to come, I'm sure. But almost, if it ain't broke, why fix it, right? I mean, it right, seems like sure. they just, you know, the Friday they just, they can spend the time doing exactly what they need to do, doing some some you know longer runs and some slower speeds. They don't usually set all that fast a time. Sometimes not even on Friday at all. They don't come up with a really fast time, and you know the other teams start to get this. Hey, look, maybe we're, maybe we're really fast or whatever. And then on qualifying, you know, Red Bull just like likes to come out and do really well. So uh, it's yeah. Well, let's see if that happens again this weekend. Okay, but no more practice. No more practice. It's time to get on the clock, qualifying, and it was uh, reasonably predictable. I'd say Q1 was interesting to see Lotus. They seem to be improving, but not quite there in terms of being able to get out of Q1, but definitely a noticeable improvement. Yeah. I think, man, they should have sprinklers that come on randomly during the qualifying and race. Because, yeah, this this qualifying, you know, is sort of like, oh, this is the most exciting and dramatic part of the weekend. And this weekend it was just kind of like, yeah, okay. Or like a spinning turtle shell that sits on the track and randomly pops out. Like a little more Mario Kart A little more Mario Kart in, yes. in, in, in qualifying, yeah. <laughs> right. So behind the Red Bulls, it was actually Lewis Hamilton in third, uh, top McLaren, who was faster than his teammate Jensen Button by about a tenth and a half. He ended up fifth in between the two was the lead Ferrari driver and, for some reason, local favorite, Fernando Alonso in the Ferrari. Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, we had you know Michael Schumacher in sixth, who finally out-qualified Nico Rosberg. Nico ended up eighth, uh, so it wasn't a huge gap, but uh, you know Schumacher did actually out-qualify his teammate. How about that? In between there was uh, Robert Kubica doing, a, again, one of these sort of quiet but solid drives, you know, doing a real good job it, to, to it, get into seven. What must be an inferior car. There's just no two ways about it. Yeah. That, that Renault is not the same machine mm-hmm. as uh, a Red Bull or a McLaren or, you know, or even the Mercedes. So I think it's really quite impressive. And then, you know, Felipe Massa in ninth, you know, being quite a bit off the pace compared to Alonso. And then actually Kamui Kobayashi sneaking into uh, to 10th spot. So, you yeah, know. Yeah, the BMW Sabers uh, both looked pretty darn good in qualifying. Uh, Pedro De La Rosa ended up 12th, and that mm-hmm. is a huge improvement over uh, what they had uh, in, in the previous races. Could be the new sponsor. 
Yes, we're as excited as ever to see American companies involved in Formula Absolutely. One. Absolutely. And in this case, it's Burger King. Yes. Sponsoring the Sauber team. Whoppers for a, are so good. For a two-race deal. So for, good. It's actually Burger King Spain, but for uh, for this and then the race in Valencia. So, um, yeah, that's American technology in F1 right there. Do they, do they still there. have onion rings in Burger King Spain? Because that's one of my favorite things about Burger King is you can get onion rings instead of french fries yeah i don't know that's healthier it's a vegetable yeah and then uh also you know force india was uh just outside the top 10 and we had you know ended up uh, what 11th and 17th um so i guess they're gonna have to wait till they get their fancy new motorhome uh in, in monaco to uh, really start getting some good results kind of ironic that they're waiting till monaco to put it out because there's no room yeah maybe well i guess but uh yeah vj will have his yacht but uh who knows i who guess knows? maybe they'll bring it make bring it out afterwards for turkey maybe they have a meeting Ah, yes, the ever-famous Monaco meeting on a yacht. Yes, and it is now time for the extremely exciting race report. Mark Webber was on pole, and then he won, to the shock and amazement of all that watched. Wow. Lewis Hamilton was able to get around Sebastian Vettel during the first round of pit stops for second place a position he held until the penultimate lap when a left front wheel failed and sent the Briton to the wall. As a result, second place went to Fernando Alonso in the Ferrari, much to the delight of the Spanish crowd. That left third place to Sebastian Vettel in the second Red Bull, who had brake trouble towards the end, costing the team a 1-2. He was followed by Michael Schumacher, whose brand new Mercedes, tailored to his every need, gave the geriatric a boost, like a tasty bottle of Insure. Jensen Button was next in the second McLaren. Button allowed Michael to pass as he came off the pits, but the reigning world champion could never get it back. The other red car was next, Felipe Massa collecting a paycheck for sixth. His Ferrari career may be ending sooner than he wants, with rumors that Robert Kubica is Ferrari-bound. Adrian Sutil finished seventh in the Force India. He was followed by the Russian Renault, piloted by Bobby Kay. Rubens Barrichello was ninth for Williams, and Aimee Alguiswari got a point to finish in 10th. That was an awesome race report. Jim, does anyone have anything for Red Bull? Not really. Uh, when they work, they're great. And uh, Mark Weber had this just, uh, you know, flawless drive, basically, from start to finish. You know, great job to get it on pole. I kind of thought, you know, uh, Vettel might do some tricky little move to get around him in turn one or something, and certainly they tried. Um, but no, Mark Weber held on to it, and uh, the, the car was fine underneath him, and he was able to... Uh, just, you know, take it easy near the end and just make it a, an easy victory. Yeah, he became the 10th driver in a row to win from pole position. That mm-hmm. catapulted him up to fourth place in the championship standings. He now has 53 points, 17 behind, still leader Jensen Button. And, yeah, fantastic drive. Good to see him win. Uh, could use a little work on that anthem, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, Australian fans. Anyway, uh, no, I, I thought he did really well. Kept the car under him, drove smart, yeah, and uh, it was quite good for him. And it's it's too bad to see some still pretty major catastrophic problems for Vettel, though. I mean, it's like you know, especially if Vettel had been out in front, um, he had a really bad brake failure near the end of the race, and basically um, we didn't see anything explode or whatever. But uh, you know, the teams were monitoring, or you know, Red Bull was monitoring his telemetry and just said, "Hey, you've got to back off. This is bad." And then the lap or two later, and this is with like. Th- five laps to go this is yeah, a very end of the six, race yeah. well, and, and uh, what was weird about that is vettel's brake issues started with vettel complaining about the left front mm-hmm. then they said yeah we'll look at it and then all of a sudden red bull told vettel hey you got to slow down well, he had yeah he had he had this off through the gravel and back on which i think was more of an effect than a cause but you know right. some some kind of issue 
uh, off track and back on. And you know, there was suggestions that it may have been that his front wing flap was uh, was stuck one way or another. They've got that movable front wing, and uh, and that you know, having it stuck up, the airflow wasn't getting to the brake ducts where it needed to go or something. But uh, it's it's weird because this is a test that you know all the teams do a lot of testing at. They should know exactly how hard it is on the track, uh, you know, how hard it is on brakes and suspension and tires and everything. Right, right. And, you know, there weren't, there weren't any curveballs from weather this weekend. It wasn't exceptionally hot or, you know, unexpectedly cold or anything like that. It was just kind of like, uh, you know, something, whether it was some kind of little, you know, minor, minor crash damage that we didn't see that, you know, ended up becoming a big deal or what. It's uh, it's it's too bad, but it's like, I don't know if that's kind of the, the Adrian Newey thing these days. It's kind of like, yeah, it's really great when it works, but sometimes it just doesn't work. Or right. It, what, what, you know, what really what the failure was. That was yeah, and it, it, could, it could attribute it to some slight um, missteps in strategy, uh, maybe pushing a little bit harder because the tire choice wasn't ideal, and then that overcooked the brakes. Or it could have been something faulted with the car. Like you said, the, the front wing flap wasn't working. It was blocking the, uh, uh, the brake duct a little bit. Um, but at the same time... You know, one one counter argument to the fact that Spain is the place where they should really have sorted out is maybe maybe they feel like they need a smaller factor of safety um, because they know the place so well. Maybe they push it a little bit more to the extremes. Who knows? There actually was not that many failures, but the couple that were were actually pretty extreme. Uh, Vettel's being one of them, and Lewis Hamilton's being the other. Yeah, so Lewis would have finished, uh, you know, between the Red Bulls, and you know he arguably didn't deserve to uh, have that highest spot just with the, the way the car was and everything. But uh, did a great job to get around Vettel in the first round of pit stops. Uh, and I don't know if it was Hamilton, uh, you know, or McLaren doing a, a particularly great job. I mean, they think they did a solid job, but it sounds like Vettel just kind of got held up in the traffic of the pit lane. They, you know, he had to stop, um, but they couldn't release him just because of the way the, the cars and the, the sort of the schedule of everything coming down the pit lane. Um, um, so it just, you know, all it takes is, you know, a tenth or less, you know, to right. to just come out just behind someone. And then it's so hard to pass at this track. So, yeah, uh, you know, Hamilton basically got into, uh, you know, got in front of Vettel there and never let that go until his car let him go uh, right. with, was it two laps to go? I yes. Mean, it was very, very near the end. Um, and it was coming around a, a, a right-hand sweeper. Yeah, and it's just, you know, we couldn't tell really if it was a tire failure or wheel failure, but something uh, in the left front just totally went off, and, uh, you know, just Hamilton's day was done. It just took him off across the gravel and into the wall. Yeah, and it took a corner off the car. It was, uh, that that was it. So um, until then, though, I mean, you know, considering there was, I think, maybe three or four actual on-track passes in the entire field today, yes. um, you know, McLaren did what all that you can do, which is you know pass strategically and race as strong as you can, um, and and not wear down the tires and all that. So uh, I think Hamilton did you know did a really good job to oh uh, yeah, and he was quick too to, to to move up and do it do his thing and you know within sort of what you you know sort of made the best of what he could for the car um, when obviously it looks like the Red Bull had the faster car overall. Um, but, not so much for his teammate. Yeah, but Jensen, uh, you know, just just could not get around some old guy out on track. Well, here's what happened. Uh, Jensen Button uh, went in for a pit stop, came out just ahead of Michael Schumacher on the track. His tires were cold, and uh, he allowed uh, Schumacher to get around him on the outside Mm -hmm. uh, not long after he entered. Big mistake. Big, big mistake. Because as Jensen's tires warmed up within half a lap a lap, his car was once again much quicker than Michael's, and... Yet, Jensen could not find a way around. And this is uh, considering the fact that Jensen Button had the F-duck, considering the fact that his car was faster overall, and yet he still couldn't get around Michael Schumacher. 
which, as a Button fan, was extremely frustrating to watch. It's like, pass, just pass. And he, he had a couple of good looks, too. I mean, it was basically uh, getting out onto the front straight. Um, I don't know if, if the Mercedes or was just Schumacher or whatever just seemed to have it, you know, at the beginning of the straight, always seemed to pull out a pretty good gap, like through the last little chicane, yeah. the last series of corners. The uh, one spot where Button really needed to keep tight was the one spot where Schumacher pulled a gap. Yeah, and then so by the end of the straight, uh, you know, Button was like pretty much just close enough to take a look but not close enough to make a pass, and it kind of happened like lap after lap, and then eventually, you know, Button just kind of had to back off to get some fresh air and, and you know, not mess himself up, but it was – yeah, it was it was frustrating because there were a couple of good looks and a couple you know the the couple series of corners where you're like ah oh, maybe he can make this work but then just never never quite came together. Right, right. Which you know, bravo to Michael Schumacher for being a very good defensive driver once again. However, he did have quite the little train behind him by the time. Uh, everything was said and done. Yeah. So as we mentioned, we watched this race live, and uh, so we had a, you know doing a couple of live tweets and stuff, and uh, yeah, had someone come back. I was uh, talking about Schumacher. So yeah, it's like an, like an you know old guy driving to the store and didn't doesn't realize there's a queue behind him. <laughs> it's just like I'm just driving here, just going to the store. Yeah. Go around. Yeah. But it, it it's tough because it is a very good drive on Michael's part. However, he wasn't uh, that terribly fast. And poor old Nico Rosberg is now driving uh, a car built for Michael Schumacher and not faring as well. Yeah, so it seems like all the gains made this weekend for the Mercedes car were, um, you know, to suit Schumacher and his driving style and, you know, the kind of car he can get get more out of um, at the expense of. And, and, you know, maybe I guess they, the thought was, hey, well, let's make it better for Michael. And then, you know, Nico is young. Nico and can adapt. He'll adapt yeah. and he'll figure it out or whatever. Um, but of course, Michael's got to be right because he's the seven-time world champion. Blah blah blah. Um, but as as you said earlier, um, you know, Michael with the revised car for Michael isn't as fast as Nico was in the previous car, which just for whatever reason Nico was able to get more out of. Right. Exactly. Uh, and the the interesting thing about it, this was actually mentioned on the American broadcast, was that there was nothing to stop them Mercedes from running both cars. They could theoretically run the short wheelbase car for. Nico in a long wheelbase car for Michael. I think if, for whatever reason, you had to go to the backup car, that might get a little weird. There could be some issues there. Yeah, or new like developments that. or something. I guess I, yeah. can, I can understand why they wouldn't want to, but it's, right. it's too bad that uh, that it has to end up that way. That, right. You know, they can't... I mean, it, because Nico is their more successful driver right now. Yeah. I mean, he's going got more into points this race, and had more results. Yeah. Going into this race, Nico was second in the championship, and he was, you know, a strong, solid competitor. So... Uh, we're not ignorant to the fact that Michael Schumacher is Michael Schumacher, and he's you know he's going to carry more weight uh, in a team. But it is uh, unfortunate for Nico to be doing so well and now have another hurdle to get through. Now, if he can overcome it, I think it'll show very well for Nico. Yeah, and I think this may be sort of reflecting of, of the mindset that a lot of these teams have, where now that they're back in Europe, the championship starts here, right? Which, of course, it doesn't. You know, there have been uh, plenty of races and lots right. of points scored, and obviously Nico has already scored some good points. So, if yeah, if the championship I, yeah, started here... Yeah, I can here, assure you Jensen and Button doesn't think that the championship right. started here. And, you know, and, and like everyone says, you know, the points you earn today are just as good as the points you earn at the end of the season and all that. So, if it ends up that Rosberg is just out of contention for the championship at the end of this and that that, that can kind of be put down to trying to suit the car to Michael... and Tisk, tisk. Then... 
you know, there's certainly going to be uh, some some hard things to look at if uh, you know just going going back and, and sort of analyzing all the decisions and all that. But right. I guess they they're just betting on Schumacher and saying, hey, if we make the car suit him, then he more than anyone will be able to get the get the best out of it. But I'm not sure that's true. Well, and who knows? Maybe it's. Maybe and now it's halfway towards what Michael wants, and if you if they can get it the other half, Michael will be blazingly fast again. I mean, after all, he was he started at Ferrari, I think, in '96. Maybe maybe it was '97, but it was '96, '97, and you know that t- car, you know, it wasn't the amazing machine that it was for a couple of years. So maybe it's the same thing with uh, with Ross Braun and the Mercedes team. Who knows? Yeah, although now he has all the experience of having gone through that before and with Ross Braun and all that, that it seems like you'd be able to have a bit of a, you know, quicker learning curve to get get this car up to speed. True enough. All right. Uh, so that's, I mean, yeah, Rosberg getting hosed. It's, it's, we'd like to see more out of this guy. Um, you know, we had some really just high hopes for him early on. And I, and I just, you know, I, I didn't realize he was second in the championship, but um, it's. I think that'll be a real shame if this ends up taking away from Nico's ability to do well. I mean, I know he's got a lot of fans out there. Um, I mean, as does Schumacher, but I don't think it's it's you know quite to the same uh, you know to the same degree where it's seeing a new guy, an up and comer, uh, really come up and do well. So I just and it's funny we say a new guy, up and comer. This is his fifth season. Yeah, I guess it's all, it's all relative, right? I mean, it's also what uh, Barrichello's like two hundred and eighty seventh race, two hundred eighty nine. Yeah, yes. so it's it's all relative, I guess these days. But for my money. Just it'd be more exciting to see, uh, you know, a new world champion or you know a, a, a relatively new guy yes. uh, get up and do well than to Newer. see than to see Schumacher uh, get back at it. But there you have it. So all in all, today um, certainly not the most exciting race. Uh, maybe not quite as dull as Bahrain, but Bahrain had that whole excitement of being the first hey, of the new season. You know, this race was you know really good. I got to you know update some of my files. Look through some of my taxes and uh, some other get a lot of some, get a lot of important documents sorted yes, out exactly some good accounting that needed to be done so it was it was entertaining yeah and uh, hey it's not even noon yet so we're still uh, got plenty of the day left and uh, it's not <laughs> even at noon yet and I've been up for far too long indeed Evan, I've got bad news for you oh dear on the feedback that? front uh, we no longer have any fans on Facebook. What? I know, but they're luckily... We had so many. We had like 500 and some. Uh, there are 585 people who like us, though. Which, hey! Hey, we're well-liked. It's like the exact opposite of high school. Wow, that's great. <laughs> uh, but seriously, I guess yeah, Facebook changed everything around, so these people like us now, and they're it's not so much better fans. Because being fans, that was so arbitrary. Now... Now they like this... Um, Good. Yeah, so we've gotten... Uh, but, I mean, hey, thank you very much to all 585 of you. Yes, we appreciate that you like us. We like you, too. We we like you. We could, I wish we could just go around and like hey, each and every hey, one of you. Hey, hey, you. We like you. We do. Um, especially a couple people that uh, <laughs> gave us some shout-outs here. So, uh, Aiden Bull um, just pops on this page to say by the way best podcast around by far with four exclamation no three exclamation points yeah don't over don't overdo yeah, no, it here he, buddy four would have been a little uh, but no three excellent yeah so um we are just excited to see all the the positive feedback um and there's always good conversations going on excellent it's, conversation it's not just people telling us how much they like us we had is, we had a, a nice little talk about the best qualifying lap people have ever seen there are even a couple of uh, uh, video posts of those that popped up i thought that was very cool um, also, the Formula 2 crash, mm-hmm. there's a video on that of, uh, oh, God, I'd have to look the guy's name up. But it was a frighteningly, uh, frighteningly it was a, um, 
you remember the movie Driven, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. The chi- so I was just a little backup. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone was like the, the the team guy, and uh, and there was Champ Cars. Yeah. They ended up like breaking out of a car launch event and driving Champ Cars through the city of Chicago. And oh, it was yeah. all crazy. It was, yeah. it was it was fantastically realistic. Anyway, that act one of the accidents from Driven happened in a Formula Two race. It is ridiculous looking, and if you haven't seen it, Jim. You have to go watch it because it's absolutely crazy. And this amazing, crazy thing that happened during the Formula 2 race is on our Facebook page, uh, courtesy of our own fans, which is hugely appreciated. And if I had any will at all, I would go check the Facebook page and tell you who that was. I'm that gonna... was uh, Ricardo Texera. Yes. Race, race footage plus onboard. So thank you, Graham Simper, for, uh, for posting that on the page. So, yeah, in between races and everything, it's always nice to you know stop on the page. It's uh, facebook.com slash f one show. Um, or you can search for it, or you can just go to f1show.com. And there's a, there's a lot of good stuff up there in general. People put their predictions up there a lot, and we pick predictions uh, to put into our fan prediction database uh, to see how you guys do against us. And uh, there's just good times all around. Yes. Uh, also, I wanted to thank uh, John Stegman. He's, he's been a quiet but avid listener of our podcast for the last couple of years, so uh, good to hear from you. Very uh, good. Also, he's going to be in uh, the Canadian Grand Prix, and uh, he says he'll be in He's going to be in it? No, well— That's at, incredible. He's gonna, okay, well, not in it, but attending the Canadian Grand Prix. Oh, attending. Yeah. It's That's a little, a little bit easier. A little bit different. Okay. Um, but anyway, I thought Karen Chanduk was in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I don't have my tickets in front of me. I did actually finally receive them in the mail. Uh, I'll have to check where I am, and I don't remember offhand, but uh, yeah, if we're close we'll look for yeah i'll i think i should be able to tweet and stuff um my phone i know works in canada but it'll be expensive but whatever um yeah if, uh, yeah if anyone's uh, anyone wants to meet up um i i might have like f1 show stickers or t-shirts or something cool so uh i'll, I'll tweet about that if uh if we have any other fans going to the canadian grand prix because yeah and also if anyone happens to be in ann arbor at my house and they want to meet up you know that's michigan usa yeah yeah that would uh, also then you know be- give us a because that's where I'll be. An email or something. Yes. Um, but actually, we've gotten a fair number of comments on uh, right on F1show.com. Absolutely. Uh, every time we post a show, it comes up kind of as a, as a blog post, and we yep. can get responses right on there. And that's nice because everyone else can see uh, you know, who, what, what people are talking about. Well, there. yeah, that's the source. That's where we are. That And it, it's nice for people to come to the actual race. And there's you know some other interesting information there, uh, a little bit about who we are, a little, about, a little bit about what the show is, stuff like that. But we got no less than six comments for this race which was fantastic so real quickly i want to thank oliver and john and stein and ken and michael and julian um we had uh some compliments and also um some answers to the question that was posed via email last race which was uh when was the last time that neither mclaren nor ferrari won a race in in an entire season. Now, uh, I guessed off the top of my head, 1993. Apparently, that was super, super wrong because um, I was thinking of Mr. Michael Andretti racing for McLaren and not doing so well and knowing that Ferrari was going through some lean times in the early mid-'90s. I forgot... A young Brazilian that was also on the McLaren yeah, team. Was, that who year. was that guy? I don't remember. He was remember. pretty good, wasn't he? He was all right. He was all right. Yeah. Ayrton Senna raced for McLaren in 1993 and won five times. <laughs> five being greater than zero, that is not the answer. So, uh, you guys, we did look into it, and uh, Ken and Michael 
uh, correctly guessed that it was, and Julian for that matter, correctly guessed that it was in fact 1980. That was the last time that neither McLaren nor Ferrari won a race in an entire season. Uh, that was not a trivia question by us, but it was a brilliant question to ask anyway. And uh, so I thank you guys for that. Yeah, 1980. It's a long time ago, 30 years. Yeah, uh, I wasn't around then, so uh, I have no knowledge of these things. I was. It was, it was good times. You're kind of You know, old. it was great before you came along. Yeah. Scoffed it all up. I did. That was my fault. <laughs> all right. Well, so that was our little pseudo trivia question, but uh, I think we had real trivia, too. Trivia, 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 trivia. My God, it is that time already. And as you know, we kind of went on this uh, United States of America slant these last couple of trivia questions. And uh, I will tell you that that was the last one in the series for now. But the question was, what state was the U.S. Grand Prix held from 1961 to 1980? And who won the last F1 race that was held there? And some people did very correctly guess that it was, in fact, Watkins Glen in upstate New York. And the last race was won by Alan Jones, another Aussie, in 1980 in his Williams Ford. Now, uh, Watkins Glen, uh, or the Glen as it is known uh, to locals. Or the Watkins, as I call it. <laughs> Just to be different. Uh is, is a brilliant track, and at least was a very brilliant track. Like many other uh, road courses today, it has been chicaned up and chunked up and done other things too. So it's no longer what it once was, but it still held holds many sports car racing events. You know, American Le Mans races there, Grand Am races there. It still holds some nice races. Um, I would absolutely love to see Formula One come back. I think certainly... If that were the case, someone could find some money to you know, give it the facilities that it needed, that kind of thing. However, it's not really near a major metropolitan area, and that's probably going to seal its fate for the foreseeable future. However, it was a fantastic race back in the day. A little bit uh, naughty at times, a little bit rowdy, but uh, one, of those, one of those great races, one of those great Classic tracks. races at the Watkins, man. I tell yes. You. But we're moving on. There is a new question, and it is about a very old thing. And it is about the word Grand Prix. It's actually two words, but yeah. Okay. It's a phrase. Oh, the phrase. Yes. The three, yeah, the term Grand Prix, yes. You know, this is what I'm saying. Pre-1983. Everything was we great. We didn't have to worry about this. Yeah. Or was it 84? Was it 83? 83. Yeah, I was right about 83. I told you it was 83. Anyway, the word Grand Prix, at least in my mind, is absolutely synonymous with F1. But that couldn't have always been the case. So the question is, when and where is the first place that the term Grand Prix was used. And I'm going to add as a little uh, uh, amendum in auto racing for certain people across the room for me. Well, there was a different question before you added that little amendum, if, if that is even something you can add to something. Addendum? Is it addendum? That's the one. Addendum. Yes. Amendment. Amendum. <laughs> hey, I think it's great. It's, a, it's an amendment and an addendum combined. It's All an right. amendum. But, so to be clear, the first use of the term Grand Prix in auto racing, where and when? Finally, a time I made some predictions that I don't think came out terribly, horribly wrong. Well, they weren't right. Well, but they weren't terribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> so, so, yeah, um... I think part of the reason that you weren't terribly wrong is that you copied me. 
I did for not. poll position. Well, for poll, because that's what I thought would be on poll. Well, just about everyone predicted uh, Sebastian Vettel on poll position, which was not, after all, a bad prediction. Except for one person, our fan, Dave Stevens, predicted Fernando Alonso on poll, which was wrong. Actually, uh, you, myself, and the statistical model all picked Sebastian Vettel to be on poll. And we were one off. He was in second place. He okay. was the two of the Red Bull 1-2. And Which is way better than average for me, I should say. Yes, yes, yeah. you, you you climbed up considerably, and to win the race, you picked Sebastian Vettel again. See, I figured whoever was on pole would win, so I feel like I should get some kind of points for predicting that part of it correctly. At no, least. there's 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 no points for failure in this. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so it was uh, Mark Weber on pole, and Mark Weber that won the race. Now I was much more intelligent about it and correctly picked. Fernando Alonso to be uh, first loser. Yeah. Mm. So, anyway, yes. I predict Fernando Alonso to win, as did Dave Stevens. And the statistical model, being stupid as it is, predicted Jensen Button to win because he won the last race. Ha <laughs> loser. And I do feel I have to mention here that uh, my lovely and, and beautiful fiance Elena, uh, did actually pick correctly Mark Weber to, for pole position and to win the race. And for all the right reasons. Because he's hot. Very hot. There you have it. So uh, that wasn't that we weren't the only ones that predicted. Though there were a lot of fans that uh, put their voice in. They had a lot of interesting ideas. Yeah. So uh, Stian Johansson actually predicted um, Vettel for pole and Alonso to win. So real similar to uh, that's that's what you had as well, isn't it? But uh, so we know how well that turned out. Yes. But uh, also some people on Facebook too, right? Yeah. Uh, Jacob Macri said for Barcelona predictions, why bother? Uh, which was, uh, I would say, fairly apt. However, a pretty he, good prediction in itself. Yeah, yeah. But he actually did quite well. He put Lewis Hamilton on pole, Mark Webber to win the race, Hamilton to finish second, and Alonso to finish third. And had that stupid, stupid, stupid uh, left front wheel not failed, Jacob would probably be sitting pretty with those predictions. Pretty darn good, in fact. Yeah. Um, he could have gotten a Coke. He could have won a, a, a two-liter, I think. And then we also had scrolling, scrolling, scrolling... All the way up to uh, John Stegman, who put Vettel on pole, Vettel to win, Lewis Hamilton second, and Alonso in third. So uh, actually pretty consistent predictions here. Yeah. But anyway, uh, good job, guys. Uh, You guys are the best. Indeed. Which brings us to our predictions for next race, next weekend in Monaco. Oh, gosh. Ooh, all right. Okay, I predict mm. that there will be lots of people complaining about traffic during qualifying. Ooh, good um, prediction, I think. I predict that not every car will finish the race, <laughs> um, that we'll have probably like 10 cars out by the end. Well, while you're flailing around here, flapping in the wind of non-decisiveness, mm-hmm. the stat model has already predicted. Oh, man, that thing's fast. Yes. Mark Webber will be on pole, and Mark Webber will win the race, according to the statistical model, which... Uh, I, I guess I will once again mention my friend says it's not technically a statistical model. It is simply a heuristic model. What the F ever. Yeah, anyone who says things like that, whatever. Move on. Yes. Uh, okay, so uh, in the time that you've been flapping about, have you uh, come up with a prediction for yourself for Monaco? Well, okay, here's the thing. You don't want to sound like a broken record, and yet Sebastian Vettel on pole at Monaco seems to make an awful lot of sense. It does. And Lewis Hamilton on pole doesn't sound too bad either, you know, because Monaco, I think, does take, if it's usually, let's say, since all the drivers are really quite good, it's 80% car, 20% driver on any given day. 
Monaco might be more like 65% car, 35% driver, and Lewis Hamilton's quite... And 10% quite, spirit. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, team spirit. Uh, so Lewis Hamilton maybe could creep up that way, but, I mean, Vettel's no slouch, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's think past race winners here at Monaco. Uh, I'm thinking Yarno Truly is looking yes, really yep, strong. Yep, that's that's a very good point. Uh, Kimi Räikkönen might factor well. I, you know, he just may. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put Sebastian Vettel. And I don't know, poor guy. I'm going to put him to win the race as well. There it is. I, I'm just. I guess I'm going to. I'm going to go. I'm going to steer pretty straight here. Okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict uh, a little bit differently just to be interesting, and, and I'm historically, you know, to to lose. historically wrong, but uh, <laughs> I'd like to think you know that's, the, that's part of the flair of this whole excitement here. Yes, it uh, is part of the flair. Of the excitement. Um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think – I think I don't know. I guess I think McLaren's going to come back and, uh, and do pretty well. So I'm actually going to uh, go with Lewis Hamilton Button. on pole. Jensen Button. Oh, boy. I'm sorry? Yeah, Lewis but, ha- Hamilton, but Jensen Button. No, the the lead, uh, the, the 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 second driver, secondary driver at uh, McLaren there. Okay. Um, <laughs> and the backup driver, Hamilton to to be on pole. I've got it. Uh, and then Jim's cat. And then I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, actually, Mark Webber for the race. Mark Webber. Yeah. Oh my God, of he's going to be things. on a roll. Yeah. So you, as boring as it sounds, are going to follow the statistical model for half of this. Yep. Tisk, tisk. Boring as that sounds. That sounds boring. Yep. Well, anyway, it should be an extremely exciting race. I cannot wait to watch it, and I will not be able to. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'll be uh, doing my a show solo for you guys next uh, next week, and then after that, um, I think I'll be doing possibly another show solo, and then I'll be at the race live, and then no, 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 we'll be it'll be we'll be all well, over the place. Yeah, maybe I've got things. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not. Please don't feel sorry for me. I actually will be in Hawaii. So having a meeting on a yacht, no, there no, will be surely. There, well, actually, there will be some drinking on a yacht, but uh, a friend of mine is getting married there, so time to time to bless that ceremony. Yes, but regardless of how we end up doing the show in the next couple of weeks, uh, certainly I uh, want to have our fans visit f one show dot com, please, uh, and follow us on Twitter and or Facebook. We are at the F one Show on Twitter uh, all the time. We'll let you know what's going on if uh, if the show is going to come out later, earlier, or anything weird is going to happen. Somehow I might be able to record the show before the Grand Prix happens, and you'd, you'd want to know about that. So yes. follow us on Twitter and uh, keep up with all the updates. But until then, I am Jim Lau, and I'm Robin Warner. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> However, Mark Webber, this girl, because he's hot.